Yes, hello. Coming in hot with episode six. Can you believe it? Episode six of the Football Played on Paper podcast. I am Sean and I'm joined by the man who still considers the Community Shield a trophy, Jobber. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, thank you. Yeah, it's a, it could be the start of a treble for Arsenal, couldn't it? It's a big deal. <laughs> Um, <laughs> the Jose Mourinho treble, yeah. Yeah, the famous treble. No, look, it's good to be here. Um, another big game already under the belt. It feels like the season just finished, but we're already into it. So that got me thinking, uh, Mohamed Elneny was a surprise inclusion, given he was loaned out last year for the whole year and looked like he was done at Arsenal. But he may be part of Arteta's functional midfield. So it got me thinking, what's the best redemption of a footballer you've ever seen? Yeah, there's a few comeback stories, isn't there? One one springs to mind that um, that I'll pass on though, and that my next favourite one um, would be Tony Adams. So, um, as you know, Tony Adams, um, captain of Arsenal, won a bunch of trophies and did it by being plastered the whole time as well. So, um, yeah, really enjoyed his career. And then he moved in. Um, then he got sober actually, um, and then he moved into commentary and punditry. And some of the stuff he's done. Um, I'm calling this a redemption because he's lobbed up in a in a tweed green suit. And so if that's not redemption from um, the brink of death due to alcoholism, I don't know what is. What's yours, mate? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's redemption at all. Okay. Oh, that's redemption. Yeah, I've got a real story. So I'll give you a date, January 25th, 1995. So that will go down in history as the day that Eric Cantona leapt the fence at Crystal Palace and um, he gave what appeared to be a kung fu kick and dished up a few punches to a member of the crowd. So Nothing really in it, if you ask me. Keep going. No, I didn't, I didn't think there was much in the day. These things happen. Um, common assault, whatever. So then <laughs> the, apparently the bloke from the crowd yelled out, um, off you go, early bath for you. Eric, <laughs> Eric was convinced that his mother had been called a whore. Um, so Eric was given a nine-month ban. And then he gave the famous interview where I'm not sure if you remember this, but um, they said to him, they're like, oh, Eric, you don't have to speak. And he goes, no, 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 I want to speak. So they went to Eric and he goes, seagulls follow the trawler. They think the sardines will be thrown into the sea, which left everyone dazed and confused. But I'll give you another date. That resonates with me. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, immediately I was like, I was six years old at the time and I thought, this bloke gets it. Um, (laughs) And then the 1st of October, 1995, the return of the king, and it's Liverpool too. So he comes back against Liverpool two minutes in, lays on a goal for Nicky Butt, who doesn't score many, so it must have been a hell of an assist, and then lashes home a peno, but he's not done. The great redemption kept going. So this is where Manchester United overturned a 12-point uh, deficit with Keggy's Newcastle, um, and they went on to claim the double, and it was on the back of Cantona's fantastic form, uh, and it started what what I've heard is a fantastic acting career as well. So. It just keeps on giving. It does. Um, did you see him when he um, presented the um, Champions League trophy um, at the draw and the little speech that he gave then? He got inducted <laughs> into like the Hall of Fame or something like that. Did you hear his speech then? That was yeah, classic. I can't remember it, but it was equally yeah. confusing. But he, he's, yeah. he's operating on a different level, that man. Like footballing and mentally, I think whatever, whatever inner piece is, I reckon he's achieved it. Yeah, I think he's he's transcended humanity, hasn't he? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, (laughs) All right, so um, that's our opening question done. So what we're going to run through is the Community Shield, um, which eh, is a trophy, isn't a trophy, you decide. Um, We got some 
Champions League qualifiers. Um, well, geez, it's, it's a weak running order. But then, hang on, then we move into the transfer chat and this is what everyone's been now uh, talking about the last week. There's been a lot of activity in there, so a big chunk of stuff to cover in that. And then we dive into to the mailbag. So, yeah, looking forward to that. Um, do you want to kick us off with um, is Klopp a fraud? Yeah, that's, that's, a fairly <laughs> oh, wild, that's a fairly wild claim, Short. No, so Arsenal took out the uh, first trophy of the season. It's hard to believe we were only sitting here, what, a week ago at the Champions League final. Mm. Um, but, no, look, um, Arteta, Arteta's boys were good for the good for the points. They, they were obviously outplayed by Liverpool, but that's going to happen, the second half particularly. But um, uh, Aubameyang wonder strike to open the scoring heavily against the run of play. Um, but like he's clinical, isn't he? Yeah. So he's um, he wasn't happy about starting out on the lift left initially, but he seemed to have um, been a little bit more okay with it um, under Arteta. But yeah, he started out on the left, come in, chopped inside on his right foot, and I think you could. It's one of those ones where you could see it happening just miles away. Don't, don't you think? Like yeah. you could see and sort of understand what he was doing as soon as he picked up the ball um, a mile away. But I think as he was dribbling in. Um, I think Williams was too far over. Williams was too close to Gomez and he, um, Aubameyang just had so much space when the ball got served out for him and he just brought it down and, and just went right at Williams, chopped inside and, and a good finish. Uh, like the finish was good, but I think the defending pre the strike could have been better. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think so too. But I think that's um, Alexander-Arnold being absent, obviously a big loss. But I think there's there's a... You know, you have to be close to Aubameyang because he's so fast, but then the risk is if you get too close to him, he's going to burn you. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like reasonably happy, but it was just a hell of a finish, I think. And um, I like the Chadwick Boseman celebration too. That was a nice touch. Uh, so he passed away this week. And uh, I think Aubameyang's done that before as well. Yeah, yeah, I think he's done it a few times actually. Yeah, um, not only at at, um, at Arsenal, but when when he's back at Dortmund as well, I think he did it a few yeah. times. No, it was a nice nice goal, and it was a, it, they needed that because it looked like Liverpool were going to get on top of them. But then, what did you think of the El Nenny Shaka Maitland Niles midfield? Bit of a substance over style midfield there, which is not very Arsenal like. Yeah, I mean, it, it felt a little bit disjointed. I must admit, I was a little bit shocked by some of the selections. Um, I think that it looks to me as though um, Arsenal played a slightly weaker team than Liverpool. Like, I think if you look at Liverpool's squad, um, they're only sort of one or two away from full strength, whereas um, it looks like Arsenal rotated a little bit more, um, I think. Were you shocked about how strong both of these teams um, sort of rolled out? Like, I think I was expecting sort of rotated squads um, from from both sides. But, um, yeah, were you shocked by that, how strong both yeah, of them were? Yeah, I, I suppose based on how, like, recently the season finished. But it is a major trophy um, and it can be the first step in towards a historic travel. So I suppose they had to, they had to try and get the best team out there. But... Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 kind of a weird season now, isn't it? Because the players haven't really had any rest, and they're not going to yeah. anyone anytime soon. Um, and I suppose Klopp was Klopp was clear that he wanted to attack the Premier League, not defend it. Um, so I suppose that meant putting the best team out that he possibly could. So I think he was he was missing Hendo, Alexander Arnold, and um, Oxlade Chamberlain. But outside of that, they were pretty close to full strength. I I'm not sure who Arsenal has like left to come in. Like it. Potential like Ozil, but he's 
he's professional on Fortnite now, but I think that's you're looking at pretty much the full strength side there. Yeah, I don't know. You can argue that um, that Leno um, would start, but I suppose he, he hasn't been um, hasn't been recently. Um, but yeah, anyway, I think I think Liverpool's team looked a little bit more familiar to me. I think is what I'm trying to say in terms of. Um, like as you touched on there about that makeshift Arsenal midfield, and I think that was just to just to get legs in there and um, and get some runners in there, so you could um, sort of free up um, a Bamiang a little bit more up top, I, th- I think. But yeah, and as you say, an odd midfield um, selection. But it, I don't know if if it worked. I think they 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 did well to sort of play most of the game without the ball. Um, and then got their early goal, and then Minamino um, scored his in the seventy third. But it was just a bit—I don't know—it just it had the feeling of a preseason game, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I suppose that's to be expected. Like they still, a lot of the players still look knackered. Like they still yes. look and so, it's not like they're nice, like preseason where you're like, oh, you can see that they're building to something. They just look knackered. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. So it felt like a preseason game in terms of the the pace and the quality. But normally, as you say, a preseason game is um, a bit patchy on quality and just the pace of it, just because people are building up. But it feels like these guys and looks like these guys are still a bit leggy. So they haven't even had that chance to sort of, yeah, chill out yet. But yeah, I think a a decent game. Um, I was surprised about how strong both the teams played. So then we moved... Moved past the the one all in in regular time and then moved on to to penalties. So Arsenal were perfect in their penalties. Um, Nelson with the first, Nathan Miles, um, Soras, and then um, David Lewis, and then Abamian going going last. Um, whereas on the Liverpool side, Salah scored, uh, Fabinho scored, Brewster missed. So he he's, he spent some time out, out on loan. Um, I think he was down with uh, with Fulham, I think. That's one. Minamino. Swansea yeah, was yeah, it, yeah. Swansea, yeah, and then Minamino scored, um, and, and Jones as well. So, yeah, I think like penalties were good enough, and, and Brewster was the only one who, who missed. So, I think, uh, I, I think I'm going to put this in the same categories I did with the FA Cup, where I think um, a lot of the noise coming out of the Arsenal side is that um, everything's great, they're flying. How good is Arteta? We've got another piece of silverware. But I mean, if you look at it, I think. Um, they were dominated in terms of the ball. Um, the game was essentially one all, and they just won on penalties. So I think it probably just patches over a little. I don't know. I think it's sort of um, yeah, a bit, a bit more. I don't know what it, like a cards, um, a house of cards type thing at Arsenal, where it's just sort of hanging together just, and they're just getting it done. And I think yeah, they potentially get found out um, as the season goes on. So, what does this mean for Arsenal's season, do you think? Shot in the arm, uh, sort of a mask, which is what I'm leading towards. What do you think? No, look, I think I think it's a step in the right direction. I um, I did get a little bit of sadistic joy out of Brewster coming on to take a penalty and then missing a penalty. Um, that was nice as as a not a Liverpool fan. But no, look, I think I think they did enough. Like I think they were they were more functional than Arsenal teams of the past have been. Was Wenger was committed to a style, and towards the end, I think that sort of was the finish of him. But um, this team was a lot more functional. I thought um, Maitland-Niles was impressive. I I don't know why they're trying to sell him. It sounds like he's pretty close to going to Wolves, but potentially Arteta's got a different idea in mind as he sort of changes the team. But I think if you're an Arsenal fan, you can you can see things that you like. And I think a lot of the battle there is 
just getting people to buy in because if the results are no good and the performances are not very entertaining, then people will turn on you very quickly. But I think that like he's gone out and he's got himself two cups. He's got more domestic trophies than Jurgen Klopp now. Um, so like I, I think he's doing I think he's doing a good job. I think he needs time and I think he needs to get into the transfer market a little bit more. But um, William William to come in is a good signing. Um, potentially Rob Holding going out to Newcastle, I don't think it's the best decision. As long, he's got to bring someone in because Mustafi's not the answer. But I, yeah. I think they don't look too bad for the season. I think I think they'll be looking at challenging for the Champions League spots. They, I think they'll be a little bit up and down, but um, I think they'll be there thereabout for the Champions League spots. Yeah, I, I mean, you asked me who who they got to come in. Well, um, yeah, William was the one that escaped me, but. Um, Pepe and Lacazette too. They've also got to come in. So yeah, Lacazette's a yeah, I think, case. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but I mean, he's got goals in him, and and he can he can do he can do cup games, um, and he can yeah inject something off the bench. And I think Aubameyang's a lot happier when he's around. So yeah, I, like I'm not saying he's going to walk straight into the team or anything like that. But yeah, I think they they've got some more tools um, to come in, whereas um, Liverpool looked um, almost almost full strength. So. Yeah, I think I'm probably leaning towards um, they're going to be short of the Champions League, challenging for Champions League spots. I think they're going to be sort of in that um, upper mid-table range, but time will tell, and we'll do that in the in the um, in the review. So, any more on the Community Shield there? What else have we got in there? Yeah, what did you what did you think about Kloppo um, after the game, saying that uh, we didn't lose the game, we lost the competition. Um, if we'd scored earlier, it would have been good, and then he was pleased with parts. But he said against a low block, he needs some fresh legs. Um, and he reckons Arsenal didn't really create chances. Bit of sour grapes from Kloppo, or do you think he's okay with the way things went? I think a bit of both. He he was right in terms of um, yeah what what they had to do, and um, Arsenal did play a low block and and didn't really create a lot. I think all of that's fair. However, Klopp is just a bad loser, isn't he? I think. Every time you see him um, walk into a um, a press conference where they've been touched up, yeah, he's just he's just not the best interview. I think he's, he's just a bit grouchy, a bit short with people, um, and a little bit sarcastic. So, yeah, I'm not surprised that um, again he's stuck to that of um, that theme of being a bad loser. And it, you obviously just don't get to see it that much because um, Liverpool do so well and, and pick up so many points. So. Yeah, I wasn't shocked by that. What did you think? Did you think he was fair in that, or do you think um, yeah, it was a little bit overstated? No, I think I think it's it's probably fair, but it does come off a bit of sour grapes. Like I think you can be a bit more dignified sometimes when they lose, but um, right now it's fairly rare when they lose, so he doesn't have to be. But that wasn't the only football happening this week. So um, the big one that everyone's talking about is Celtic out of the Champions League to Ferenc Ferenc Varkos um, from Hungary. So they're coached by uh, former Tottenham Hotspurs legend and Ukrainian international Sergei Rebrov. So Neil Lennon's boys are out. So I don't think that there'll be any Scottish represent- representation in the Champions League this year. Is the competition poorer for that? Mm, I don't think so. I think every time you watch a Scottish team compete in the um, Champions League, they're all well out of their depth. They play, um, you know, two blocks of four and try and hit teams on the break. So I'm not sure the Champions League is going to be any poorer for that. I mean, it's not great that um, the Scottish Premiership doesn't have any representation in there at all. Um, and, oh, like, I'm, I'm happy for um, Sergei. I enjoyed his football at, uh, at Spurs. And to be honest, I was a bit shocked that I saw him pop up there as, as the boss. Um, what do you think? 
Are you still committing to your original? Are you committing to your original statement of the Scottish Premiership is a farmers' league? Yes, I'm <laughs> just a one-word answer. Uh, yes. Uh, no. 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 <laughs> no. Neil Lennon's a great coach, and um, Stevie G's going the same way. No. Look, the the, the competition's not going to miss them at all. They've got good fans. I'll give them that, and they're um. The Champions League nights in Glasgow are special, but I don't think the competition's missing anything. They'll probably be all right in the Europa League. I think that's about their level. Um, the other big one was Mulder missed out. So obviously they've lost Ole Gunnar Solskjaer to Manchester United, um, and that's really hit their Champions League ambition. So again, I, I don't know if we're going to see a Norwegian representation in the Champions League this year either. I know you mentioned off air that you thought this was Norway's year. <laughs> I almost definitely didn't. And um, as far as I can tell, people are, uh, are using mould as a springboard to the Manchester United job. So um, there's a huge lineup. There's a huge lineup of, uh, of uh, bosses there um, trying to muscle into, as you say, springboard into the less coveted um, Manchester United um, chair. So. No, I think um yeah, you just put it in there because Ollie Ollie was the ex boss. Um, that's basically why that's in the running order, don't you think? I can't believe Champions League qualifiers have already started. I felt like we, we literally just finished the final. What a world! Yeah, we're well, in. that's the final finished last week, and then we're into qualifiers already. But I think was that over two legs, or did they just do one? I think it was just a one-off one. Just the one, just yeah. So they're normally over two legs, aren't they? So I think um yeah, they've cut those back to. Um, to one leg, similar to the um, knockout phase, um, just for coronavirus purposes. But bloody hell, that it does come around quick. Um, it does feel like we just finished the season, probably because we did, and now we're into um, qualifiers for the next one. So a little bit scary there. Let's do it. All right. Let's get Let's into the transfer it. chat. Bloody hell, huh? The transfer chat. So who we got first? Cha-ching, indeed. Um, so oh, we got, uh, we got to start with the got to start with the biggest news you, story. You do have to start with the biggest news story. All right, Aaron let's do Bush. it. Um, Ronnie Dino <laughs> has been released um, by the Paraguayan um, prison on a free transfer. So it's, it's good news. Good news. I don't think he, he actually officially retired either, did he? Um, so watch that space. But no, look, the big one. Lionel Messi wants to leave Barcelona. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know. I think when I read this, I just thought it was just too good to be true and a bunch of clickbait. But um, some of the stories um, seem to be more and more reputable as as time goes on. So, yeah, apparently um, he sent a fax. Um, apparently that's still what you do in, in 2020. He sent a fax to Barcelona requesting to be released um, on a free transfer. So um, his contract actually says at the end of each season in May and then um, so he thinks he can go on a free. The technicality and what Barca are hanging on to is that it's outside of May, um, and so therefore we can command his um, his clause, um, which is I think what is it seven seventy, um, yeah. something like that. Yeah, um, and so that that's what they're wrestling over with at the moment. Um, it's either seven seventy, and he's absolutely smashed the all time transfer record, um, or it's free. So um, yeah, it's a little bit it's a bit shocking, and I think I'm still still digesting it, but. Um, the teams that are likely or possible, um, I think there's really only three. Man, Man City can can afford him um, under financial fair play. They wouldn't have to get rid of um, rid of anyone, and they can definitely afford the wages. The next one is PSG. Um, they would have to move people on because they're um, they're on the brink of the financial fair play. 
So they'll have to move people on to, to bring him in, which I'm sure that they will definitely do. Again, with them, the wages shouldn't be a problem. And then the last one is obviously that he stays at Barca. And so of those three, I'm probably leaning towards that he stays at Barca. So I think in the end what's going to happen is he stays at Barca and he ends up with um, you know a nice little pay bump to keep him there and to keep him happy. Um, and just some more influence in in what goes on in terms of um, their transfer policy, which we've touched on before, is a bit of a debacle. That, that that's my take on the situation. And yeah, as I said, I don't think I can see him moving. What what do you think is going to happen? Is he going to move first, or is he going to stay? And then, if so, where to? So I'm surprisingly not as close to Messi as people might think. Um, like where. where we're not friends anymore. Um, no, no. So look, I. Um, I'll go back to your point there about the fax machine. So apparently the fax machine is used because it's um, it's more secretive. So it's one fax to another and you can't really hack it. So that is a legitimate right. thing. They actually send faxes for that reason. And some people, some people actually said, like, if you're looking for something that's sensitive, fax is probably the safest way to send it. Crazy, but true. Well, if I knew how to new, use one, I'd, I'd employ that, but I don't. Think yeah, that. well, that's, I've been faxing you over those running orders and we've been skipping over my fans only page. But back to Messi. Um so yeah, I think I think it's just a cash grab. I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, yeah. And I think there's going to be a lot of grandstanding. I think we're going to see the president resign. I think he'll get a nice. Um, I'd say he's pissed off too because he had to take a wage cut, and now he wants to make that up. Now that financial times are good, I think we'll see a couple of changes driven by him. I think we might see Kuman out because Kuman's going to take away his privileges. Um, which yeah. doesn't yeah, well Ronald. It's been Kuma's been rather brave, hasn't he, since he's come in to, to Barca with um some of his words and, and Allegedly, like, yeah. Yeah, and that's it. Allegedly. I don't I don't think he'll leave. And I think it'll be it'll be very disappointing to see him leave because of the clubs you mentioned, I immediately thought he'd go to Arsenal, like the people of Arsenal <laughs> fan TV. But um, come on, mate. like he's been linked for so long. Like when's it gonna happen? But no, look, if he goes to those clubs, like it just seems like it'd be almost tarnishing his reputation a little bit because, they like he's just he's just going to make more money. Like it's not yeah. like, like if he goes to PSG, he's going to play in League One. Like the overarching question is why. And if he goes to the Premier League and goes to City, granted he might meet up with his mate Pep, bald fraud. But um, but outside of that, like Kloppo said, he doesn't want him, um, or he couldn't afford him, or something along those lines. Yeah, couldn't afford him. Yeah. And then yeah. other than that, it's just money. Yeah, I think it's one of those ones where if he does go, um, what it will do, the knock-on effects is just going to be huge throughout the transfer market. So if he goes, Barcelona will be bringing someone in because um, they can afford to just based on the the highest-paid player of all time um, getting moved on. They're going to have heaps of room on their wage bill. And I think that's just going to have knock-on effects. I think if, if Man City bring him in, that's just going to essentially stop anything else that they do. Um, because they won't be able to afford to bring anyone else in after after paying that or, or getting him in on those wages. Um, whereas Barcelona, I think, are going to buy someone. They're going to have a chunk of change to spend. They'll spend it. Then the next team will have that change, and then they'll they'll want to replace whoever they purchase. And I think it's going to be a knock on effect, and there's just going to be heaps of traffic inside the the transfer market. So, the, I mean, yeah, the selfish part of me wants to see him go and to see all that happen and watch him play in the prem. Uh, I think that'd be just fascinating, but. I think the other side of me, yeah, just wants him to stay at Barca. I feel, feel as though that, that's where he belongs and it'd be nice that if he just played there the whole time and then went back to old boys at, at some point, which is um, initially where he came from. So what does this so, mean for his good buddy, Luis Suarez? Yeah, I think 
Um, well, a lot was made of that that um, that Twitter. Um, I don't know, I want to call it a rant, but that little buzz about Twitter, where um, the they um, Puyol tweeted something saying, "Yeah, do you think Messi? I support you." And then um, Suarez gave some um, clapping hands and, and stuff like that, saying, "Yeah, go ahead and do it." So, yeah, I know. Yeah, I was reading that, but I think thing with approval, approval of foreign policies and whatnot with the Senate. Uh, <laughs> I think if you're if you're Suarez and Messi goes, I think you may as well go as well because Barca, you're you're almost at the um, well, you are at the pointy end of your career. If you're Suarez, Messi's gone, and and you're not going to win anything anytime soon at Barcelona, which is essentially why Messi is leaving. So if I'm Suarez, I'm looking to go as well, I, I think. Um, a few teams have been um, thrown around. The two biggest ones, and I do mean big, is um, PSG. They could slip him in there. I still think he'd score a bunch of goals. I mean, I think even you'd score 10 playing up front for PSG um, in, in that league. Um, and if you're on penalties, maybe yeah, 10. Ten, and, ten then, free kicks. and the <laughs> other one, he's hooking up with his ex-mate, Brendy. Brendy Rogers at um at Leicester. Have you heard that one? I have, yeah, and I don't, I don't know no. about this one. I don't think signing okay. a mid thirties Luis Suarez is the answer. Like you got to realize you're signing Luis Suarez now, not Luis Suarez, Liverpool legend. Like um, I think, I think a lot of a lot of waters passed under the bridge since then. I I just don't I don't know if like outside of Messi is he is he up to it still? <laughs> Yeah, he is. He definitely is. I think he's, as you say, he's a player for now. Like, if you want to win a title now, PSG do, um, you sign him for now. I think that's that's very much um, who, who signs him. Um, he's, got, he's on a bag of money too, so someone's going to have to pry him out. Or you um, you head yourself down to um, down to China or um, go over to the UAE or to um, down to Miami and hang out with D-backs. But we might leave the mess that is messy there and move on to where all of the transfer action seems to be happening. Chelsea. Gee, they've been busy, haven't they? That fax machine. <laughs> oh, the Chelsea the Chelsea fax machine has been moving faster than Roman Abramovich's bank account in the early 90s. It has Jeez. just been flat out this week. Frank's been heavily criticised by yourself on the pod. I'm a Frank fan. I've made that abundantly clear. Um, but Thiago Silva... Finished with PSG on Sunday, and Abramovich has already signed a check for him. Yeah, that's they they move fast. I think I mentioned this in the last pod. They have done rather well, and they've just been real shrewd. Like they've worked out who they wanted, and they've just gone and signed them. So let's let's start with Thiago then. So um, he is a little bit on the older side. I'll admit that, but I think he's a good signing for them based on that he's a signing for now. If you're Chelsea, you want to win a title now. Like you're not signing um, players if you're Chelsea to win a title in, in five years' time. I mean, you're supposed to be the finished product. Um, and so you get signed for winning a title right now. So I think he's a good signing. Um, it comes on a free. Wages are, are, are big, but but that's fine. Nothing they can't afford. So And and, and in a position where they need to strengthen. So I'm happy with... Um, with uh, Thiago Silva, what do you think? Good signing there. Thirty-five years old. They've got problems at the back. I'm not sure is the answer. Yeah, you're right. They do need something right now, but I'm not sure a thirty-five-year-old in his first season in the Premier League is the answer. Um, I suppose time time will be the best judge. Not that he has much of it left. Um, but yeah, thirty-five years old. I've I've got my doubts potentially because the, and the way that Frank's team plays like they tend to be very much attacking and they got caught out on the counter a lot i don't know if he's got the athleticism to play in that kind of team but 
he played fairly. He's played very well at PSG. Very distinguished centre back. At at a point in time, he was potentially the best centre back in the world. And I'm not a huge fan of saying he's the best at this and that. But um, yeah, look, oh, I've got my doubts about his age, but he could very much prove me wrong. He is quality. But um, yeah, we'll see. The next one I've got on my list is one close to your heart. Um, another defender who is not that fond of defending, Chilwell, off to Chelsea. Yeah, that one does hurt. Um, I covered this last week and I said that um, Leicester need to work out, are they a selling club or a buying club? They're clearly a selling club. But, <laughs> geez, they didn't miss Chelsea with the fee. Um, I think they pulled out uh, 45 or, or 50 um, out of Chelsea. I think it's 45 with some add-ons that could get to, to 50 essentially, um, which is a lot for a left back. But um, Frank, it's clearly wasn't happy um, with Alonso um, playing at left back. So he's brought in, um, as you say, another winger to play at left back. Um, but I think some shrewd business done by Leicester. He come through the academy, um, so he's, he's essentially come in for free, um, just all that time and energy to bring him through, and then, yes, yeah, sold him for 45 or 50. So good business by Leicester. Um, I'd like to see them go out and, and spend that now and, and bring someone else in. Um, and I think he'll do rather well at Chelsea, I think. I think he seems a good fit for there. Um, and I think he'll probably play every week, which will be good for um, to get some game time into him, and hopefully he can push on um, into Chelsea's team and then obviously into the England setup. What do you think of this signing? Um, do you think they paid a premium for um, the English premium, um, or do you think that's a fair fee? Yeah, it's hard to say. Like a couple of months ago, you'd probably say that was a fair fee, but now I think it's probably a bit of a premium. And I do have my doubts about Chilwell's defensive abilities too. He's really good attacking, but um, defensively, I don't think he's the best. He's a poor man's Luke Shaw. But um, he um he they won't be, he won't be doing much defending though if he's playing in that Chelsea team. No, but none of them don't are. That's the problem. <laughs> no one is. Um, they're going to rely on Thiago Silva to do that because um, it's not a strong suit of Rudiger and um, uh, what's the other fellow, and especially Marcus Alonso. I love where he yeah. pops up, but yeah, I think yeah, I think it fits in with Frank's mantra. Like they're going to be attacking. They're going to be very nice to watch. Um, Fifty million seems about fair. What's he? Twenty three. So you get yeah. you could get ten years out. Oh, the wingbacks fairly hard on the body, but you might get 10 years out of him, or at least Chelsea get five. So, no, I think I think, I think everyone's happy with that deal. It'll be interesting to see what Leicester do to replace him. Um, but they do have some quite handy young wingbacks. Um, is it not – I can't think of the bloke's name, but he's very fast. Jordan? Jordan on the right there. He's quite quick. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't think I don't think it's the end of the world, but I think everyone's happy with that. Um, and uh, Frank, Frank proving very shrewd once he gets the checkbook. Yeah, well, they've come off a transfer ban, so um, the financial fair play sort of does a rolling three years in in what you can spend. And so, because they've come off a transfer ban, they haven't spent anything um, for the last eighteen months. So, yeah, that's why they're they've got so much cash to to spend. Um, yeah, because they've come off that that ban, um, and so they bought in Saar as well. So a, a good signing there. Um, they've obviously already bought um, Timo Werner in. And um and Hakim as well from um from Ajax. So yeah, they've been rather busy. So next one, next one off the chopping block there is um Jeff Henrik from Burnley on off a fr- oh from nowhere now off to Newcastle. What do you think, Brucey? Just picking up one of the freeze. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's not Bruce's choice though, is it? Um, Big Mike actually said um, he's a transfer budget, faxed it over to him. Um, and Bruce is like, oh, nothing's come through. And he's like, no, no, that's it. Blank page, man. So, we got, so he's come on a free um, and that's just typical Newcastle. I think the fans of the game will be disappointed that um, he hasn't reached into his pocket and spent something. Um, but I think, yeah, I, like, I'm, I think I'm okay with the signing. It's very on brand for... Um, for Newcastle, what do you think? Yeah, I, I'm not a huge Jeff Henrik fan, um, but he he's, it seems to be a solid enough Premier League pro. He'll go around, he'll support John Joe Shelby out there, and like I think he's one of Bruce's boys. Hopefully, Bruce will get the best out of him. I don't think they'll be playing much football. I reckon they'll be very close to going down. So it seems about do, right. Do you think he'll he'll play? Um, every week, or do you think he'll be? Uh... Uh, depends on the Longstaff boys. If the Longstaff boys come on the way that Mike Ashley thinks before he sells them, they should get a good year out of him this year. Um, that that will stop him from playing. But if not, like if they're going to be not very cavalier in the way they play, he'll play because he's a bit older, a bit more experienced. He's been around the traps. He's probably more creative than any of the midfielders they have. So, yeah. We'll would, you, would you consider that a, a sideways move or a down a move down? Going from Burnley oh, to Newcastle. Based purely on the table, probably down. Yeah. But I don't, think, I don't think Burnley were too upset to lose him. But a couple of weeks ago, he's linked to AC Milan. So I don't know what's happened in the, in the time that he's ended up at Newcastle. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Um, but so moving on then. So the next one, this is a big one. Rodrigo to Leeds. Bielsa, getting it done. Yeah, I know. That's a um, transfer record for Leeds as well. Um, so I think, yeah, 30 million uh, euros. Um, and I think that that's a great signing. So, yeah, he should should score a bunch of goals, I think. He will play every week at, at Leeds. Um, and, yeah, a record signing. And that's saying something considering they bought Mark Viduca in once. So, yeah, what do you think of this signing? <laughs> oh, I love it. Mark Vielsa just knows what he's doing. So he brings in it like – so Rodrigo's a player for right now. So there's been a bit of criticism about he's 29 um, and you're paying 30 mil for him. but like he's he's got the runs on the board. He's been a good striker in La Liga for at least five years now. He got, he had a pretty quiet year last year, but like I'll tell you, he's quick. He's left footed. He gets in good places. Um, he keep he's going to keep creating opportunities. Probably a step up from Bamford. I know Bamford's one of your heroes, but um, mm. he's probably a step up from Bamford. And like he's a solid pro. Like he's been around. He's done it. He's got some experience on the continent. And Bielsa, I don't think Bielsa's going to make mistakes. Like they're going to back him, and I think he'll do the right thing. So I think it's a really good signing. Yeah, he's coming from uh, Valencia, yeah. Yeah, yep. Valencia and, fire sale. Yeah, Valencia fire sale. So he's coming, and as you say, he's a player for now, which is fine because Leeds need a player for now. They need to survive this season right now. So I think it's a, a again a bit was made of about how old he is and how much they pay. But I think if you need a player for right now to keep you up, um, yeah, I think he is a good signing. Um, and Leeds have also um, been busy down the other end of the pitch at centre-back, haven't they? Yeah, they're right. <laughs> I'm going to tread carefully around this one because I don't know exactly how he's had, but I, I think they've brought, <laughs> brought in the big cock from Germany. He's a centre-back, and I think he's going to become the third highest-paid German centre-back when he signs. So there you go. A hell of a stat. Um, no, but he, he's a... Big unit. So they've brought him across from Freiburg. He's 24 years old. Um, he's 1.9 metres tall, which is the thing that stands out about him most. He is a giant. Um, mm. But look, again, uh, Bielsa seems to know what he's doing. He's a young German international that 
like a German centre back generally goes fairly well, excluding your boy Mustafi. Um, but again, seems to be a very good signing. He he had some other options apparently, but um, Bielsa sold him on Leeds. So again, love Bielsa's movements in the transfer market. I think he's doing all the right things for him to stay up. What do you reckon? Yeah, no, I think um, they're, they're making some right moves. They're, they've made some some big signings. Um, they've spent some cash, um, but I think they'll need to. It's going to be a tough year for them. It always is with teams coming up for the uh, from the championship to the prem for the first time. So, yeah, they've got a tough season ahead of them. But um, if you're looking at survival, I think they're making all the right moves early. So I'm happy with that signing. Um, and so as we sit here right now recording this, the um, the A-League, or as some say the Get-A-League, is... The final is on right now. So you've got Sydney FC playing Melbourne City and ex-Melbourne City player Aaron Moy is off to uh, Shanghai. Yeah, how long have you been sitting on that one for? That was that was really good A-League. Very clever. Um, I hadn't heard that before. but yeah, Just off the dome. So that, that's two weeks in a row we've been talking about Australians um, leaving. Well, you've been critical of the Scottish Premier League, not not me so much. But um, who, who was last week? Who was last Tommy Rogic went off to the oh, Rogic, yeah. He always, Saudi Arabia. Yeah, he always wanted to play in the Middle East. Um, same it's with Aaron, that, yeah. same with Aaron Moy. Always dreamed of playing for Shanghai um, since he was a young boy. Um, yeah. Is he going? Is he going for the cash or the dumplings? What do you think? Uh, I'd say both. I actually had a, I actually had some chicken skewers that were cooked on a car bonnet once in China. So I don't know if he's going over that way. But if he does, I, he needs to get in touch with me, and I'll tell him. I don't know the street, but I can sort of feel my way around. But no, look, this is really disappointing because um, I think he's been like he was excellent at Brighton, um, like for an Australian in the Premier League. Had a great old time at Huddersfield. Got him promoted. Then he was obviously the best player in the team, so he got to stay up. Um, yeah, you can't fault him for going after you know a bit of change before the end of his career, but it's it's disappointing. I think he moved too soon. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I think he still had some years left in him at the um, Premier League level, um, so I'm a bit disappointed to see him move so early. I would have liked to have seen him um, stay a little bit longer and and play at that that top level um, because at the back end of that, if he'd had stayed another season or two. At the back end of that, you can always go out to China and fill up a till after that. Yeah. So, yeah, I, again, it's it's one of those ones where I, I speak about it when um, some players sort of move to um, move to um, Liga or over to America and, and that as well. Like, I'd like to see them do it a little bit later because, as I said, they'll take you when you're you know when you're 35. You know what I mean? You don't need to move there um, at his age, I don't think. But he gets a link up with um, Oscar out there, so maybe it's not all. The worst, like Oscar's, I suppose is another one. It's pretty disappointing that he's gone out there. But yeah, look, and Hulk, Hulk's out that way, isn't he? Is Hulk out playing? I don't know if he's playing for SIPG, but um, yeah, they've, def- they've definitely got Oscar, so they'll probably be competitive and he'll get a couple of nice Asian Champions League nights. So yeah, but more at twenty nine. As I said, I feel as though he could definitely do it for another couple of years in the prem um, before he go out there. And, and as I said, they, they would definitely take you at thirty one um, with that Premier League um, resume. So there you go. It's a bit disappointing. So then the next one, the big one. Um, Everton signed Allen from Napoli. So that's not Allen from the Hangover. That is Allen, the Brazilian deep lying playmaker. So what do you think of this one? Yeah, well, I think this is a bit of a shock. Um, nine caps for Brazil, um, which is, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's rather impressive to, to make the Brazilian team. You wonder if that's, um, he did that in the Olympics or in a real tournament. 
Um, but yeah, I think like Everton have got some cash to spend, um, and they've got uh, Carlo there. So um, and he's previously played under Ancelotti as well, I think. So yeah, I, I mean it makes it makes sense. Um, I just think it's a little bit underwhelming if you're Everton and you sort of were in that um, you know fifth, sixth, sixth, fifth, sixth, seventh spot um, a couple of seasons back and sort of drifted from there at the moment you want to get back there. I think this is an underwhelming signing if I'm an Everton fan. What, what do you think? Un- underwhelming or do you think it's a step in the right direction? So I think it, it's uh, it's an interesting signing if nothing else. So um, Alan had a falling out with um, my boy Reno Gattuso in February. Um, so Gattuso dropped him for, and I quote, walking around during training. You know Reno's not going to take that sort of shit. Um so he he dropped him from the squad and then he's found it sort of hard to get back in um, because I don't – like this may surprise you again, but Catuso may hold grudges. Um, so he, he's going to sit in there and I think that's a problem that they needed to solve as well, defensive midfielder, because like in the last three or four years, Everton and Sine have signed a shitload of playmakers and then, and then you look at the team, you're like, we have five number 10s. Um, and nothing else. So I think I think it could go either way. He's I think he's quality, but um, once he was in Gattuso's bad books, he wasn't coming back. And he does he does suit the Carlo mould. Um, he's his type player, and if anyone can get the best out of him, it's Carlo. So I I don't mind it. I think it it could be a very good signing, but he could be quite understated at this point just because he hasn't played in a couple of months. Um, so what are you saying that they never um, never recovered from? Losing uh, Gravison, Thomas Gravison. Gravison. No, even later, I'd say they never recovered from losing Phil Neville. Um, so the other one for Everton, um, which they've been poking around, we touched on this. Um, uh, yeah, why not? I, I did say this. Um, this is a prediction come true, I think. Uh, I said that Manchester United are going to have to move on one of their goalkeepers and who would it be? Um, so Sergio Romero, he looks like he's off to Everton as well. Yeah, so does that spell travel for your man, Pickford? Oh, yes or no? Jesus, Jordan Pickford, my man. <laughs> Jordan Pickford's not a Premier League keeper. It spells big trouble for Jordan Pickford because Sergio Romero is a better keeper than he is. Um, yeah, I think I think it's if if Carlo can get it done, I think it's a good move. I can't believe no one hasn't come in for Romero sooner. Like he's the he's a, team he's a better number one. <laughs> And he's a better keeper than De Gea. Oh, I think. Like, <laughs> no, well, he is. He's not on the cash. He doesn't have the like the pull that um, he has. But yeah, I think every time I've seen him come in for Manchester United, he's done a done a great job. So I do I do think this um, spells trouble for um, Pickford. And I think when you were talking about Pickford, you sort of had that that same like mustard distaste for Pickford as um, Roy Keane did. <laughs> yeah, that gra- yeah. I, I do. I do miss Roy's rants. That's probably the, the worst thing. He's just, just, oh god, it makes me laugh. So, the last one I wanted to touch on, and this one's close to the heart. So, this is a good Irish young boy, um, Matty Doherty. So, he's leaving. Looks like he's leaving Wolves to go to Spurs. And I know one of our um, one of our valued listeners emailed in last week and asked how they're going to solve the Serge Aurier problem. We said there's no solution, but there was. And it was a very surprising one because I think Matt Doherty's quite good and he seems to have had a couple of good years at Wolves. What do you think? Yeah, well, I don't know. Is is he going to walk straight into that team? Uh, I know I know. we spoke about the problems they've had at right back, but I'm not sure he, he goes straight into the team. So, Aurier. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, but he, but is he? I mean, Jose sort of. Um, yeah, I think he's. I think Jose rates um, Serge Aurier higher than most others do, um, especially the general public and the fans. <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know. I think again, a bit of an underwhelming signing from Spurs. If you want to, if you're Spurs and you want to move into those um, Champions League spots, I mean, you're gonna have to do something a bit better than this. But yeah, what, what do you think? Game time every week um, and a good move, or um, underwhelming and not a lot of game time? No, I like I like Matty Doherty, so I think it's um, I think it's game time. I think it's a solid move. I reckon he's the best right back outside of the top four, so I think it's a good signing from Jose, and um, he'll do he'll he'll buy into Jose as well. Like he he will buy in. He's a real attitude and application player, so I think he'll be a good signing. Great news, but I think we can move into the mailbag. Beautiful. You've got mail. You've got mail. Well, Here we are. It's been busy this week, or it's you, so yeah. busy, so busy. So, do you want to open up with the address? Um, yeah. So that is uh, football played on paper at gmail dot com. Um, and the fax. The uh, fax is pending. So my fax machine's down at present, but um, I have I have called to get it fixed. But um, it could be the same situation with Real Madrid's one, where it just never comes good and. The highest days at United. So, look, we'll see. So, diving straight into the mailbag. So, <laughs> the first one got me straight away. So it's from Crouch Potato. G'day, Crouch Potato. Uh, so, he says, hi, lads. Again, I've made it clear I don't like people starting emails with hi. Um, hi, lads. How are you traveling? Casual listener, enjoying the chat. I'd like to hear your thoughts on Chelsea this year. Chelsea have already bought themselves some trophies and appear to be in the market for another. Undoubtedly, Werner is a talent, Silva is an experienced centre-back, and Zayic has potential, but there are a lot of personalities coming in all at once. Does Fat Frank have the ability to manage a club with big names and big egos? It's a different kettle of fish to managing Derby or Chelsea with a bunch of hungry kids. Can Chelsea win it this year? Can they even win it next year? Will it take another management change, or can Frank handle it? Cheers, lads. Keep it up. Very enjoyable. Listen, Crouchy. Yeah, right. Well, thanks for that, Crouchy. Uh, there's a lot of questions in there, but I think we've already touched on their their signings. We think they've done quite well in the market. Um, they have brought a lot of people in, which I think could potentially unbalance the team. Um, so I think it is going to take a while to bed down. I think what you'll see is that they won't. Chelsea won't start off um, as strong as sort of their middle and end of their season is. I think by the time Frank gets the squad settled and, and sort of roaring and firing on all cylinders and doing what he wants to do, um, I think you'll see them do well potentially at the back end of the year and more so than the start of the year. He mentioned there, will they win the title this year? No, I can't see them challenging um, Man City um, plus Messi and um, and Liverpool. Oh, I think they'll be they'll be they'll be definitely in that in the Champions League spots, but I can't see them challenging for the title. But um, he said, can they win it next year? Yes, definitely. I think they'll definitely. Um, yeah, smooth out their squad and, and get them firing for potentially next year. You can't bring this many people in and win a title, I don't think, in the first year, so it's probably a next year thing. The other thing you mentioned there is Fat Frank. Disagree with that. Definitely not fat. What do you think, Job? Uh, yeah, I think, I think Frank's got a fat ego. Um, I, I, do lo- I do like this email a lot, actually, because I think that touches on um, a really critical point as to Frank Lampard hasn't really proved anything. So he took a Chelsea side to third or to Champions League spots Um and I think you go back to your boy Roy Keane saying he hasn't really proved anything, but because he's English, 
um, people tend to be a little bit nicer to him. So I, I think he might struggle because he wouldn't have had these types of personalities at Derby before. He's bringing in – like he's not bringing in players. He's bringing in like bona fide stars in most cases. Like Werner's a star. Um, Silver's been there, done it before. And Hakim Zayich, like I know it's Ajax, but he's been around for a while now, quite a decent player. Um, and it looks like they're not done. So I think I think he might struggle. I, I think he's proved that he can make a team look nice and do all those wonderful things. But, like, they couldn't defend and they went to water when um, things got tough a bit for me. And towards the back end of the season, they re- really trailed off. I don't think Frank's got it in him. I think that Abramovich backing him is a gift and a curse because we know Roman, once he's put a few dollars in, can be fairly trigger happy. Yeah, he wants results. Yeah, He wants a result yeah. and he wants good football too. So you mentioned there that um, he might. You think Frank might have some trouble um, sort of wrangling all these players that they're brought in, but you don't think that he, he sort of gets a little bit more um, leeway than most other managers based on his playing career. I mean, these his playing career didn't finish that long ago, so he a lot of these players are going to be fully aware of um, his playing career. Whereas, yeah, other other coaches such as um, Ancelotti, for example, like the new players coming in aren't necessarily going to be aware of his playing career. So does Frank get? extra respect and instant respect from these players he's bringing in based on his playing career? I think for those young English players that he's brought in this year, so the ones that were already out on loan at Derby and et cetera, he gets that. They give him a bit and they're like, oh, I can buy into Frank yeah. Lampard's philosophy. But these players yeah. I'm talking about, like these are seasoned pros. Like they, they're, they're not starstruck by Frank Lampard. Um, they think, yeah, Frank, good on you. But you haven't proven anything as a manager. You haven't got the runs on the board from a managerial perspective, you didn't even get Derby promoted. Um, these are the questions that they, them and myself are asking. Um, but, yeah, I don't. I, I think this is going to be a different challenge for Frank. And I think, like, evidence sort of suggests that bringing in this many players, it will take a while to gel. So we come back and have this conversation in October when, you know, they've lost three or four. They've been a bit scratchy. They've been excellent. They've been shit some days. Because um, yeah. the, the, like, he didn't have any pressure last year because he had the transfer being and everyone's like, oh, isn't Frank doing a great job? He's yeah. his favourite son. The, it's a mm. different proposition this year. And I don't think they'll get anywhere near win the title because it's going to take it's going to take time for this team to settle. Like it could be months. Um, like you might not see the best out of Werner and Zayich in the Premier League for a year or two. Um because it's, it's a hard league to come into and just adapt. Like Nicolas Pepe is a good example. He's a good footballer, but it's going to take time. Um, so I think I think they'll struggle this year. I don't think – I think the, the season will catch up to them a bit in sort of October, November. Um, and I don't think they can win it next year either just based on how dominant City and Liverpool are. Um, and I don't think they can do it with Frank at the helm either. So I, I think he's going to be under a lot of pressure. Agreed. Sounds like we agree on that one for once. Um, thanks for that email, Crouchy. That was good. So the next one. Hey, boys. Six-star listener here. That's high. Um, what are your thoughts on celebrating after scoring against an old club? Now, I know you feel strongly about this one. All credit to the Kingsley. <laughs> That's also very clever. Personally, I'd go harder. Is there a balance between respect and indignation? Cheers, Ev Salmon. <laughs> Ev Salmon. Um, gee, so we're gonna have to. We are going to have to get Ev to um, rate the listen scales because he's just brought in a new one there, six star rating. So um, Ev, we'd love to hear back from back from you with uh, with a full scale. But I think yeah, there is there is a scale, isn't there? You, you can have everything um, from Adebayor running down the other end of the pitch, the knee slide, um, and then you've got. 
the other end of the scale, which is um, very much putting the hands up, um, saying that I'm sorry, such, such as uh, Coutinho. So, yeah, I think that there's definitely a scale there. Um, I, I'm, I'm okay with it. I think if you move um, and you're getting your wages paid by that club, you've got a duty to do from to that club. Um, you're supposed to be a professional, so I don't have any problem celebrating against my old team. Um, not one bit. I think it complicates it if you're on loan, in your walls, where it kind of is your club, and then you might have to go back there in the summer and then do a preseason with the boys. But I think if you've left the club, yeah, no, no worries. Um, what do you think, Job? You take your shirt off if you score against your old club. Uh, yeah, if I ever did, I would have. Um, no, so I, I agree with the only thing I would keep an eye on is if they have a buyback as well, um, just in case. But no, I'm all for it. Like, stick it up them. Um, the yeah. thing is, like, if you score, then they've got to be asking themselves, why didn't they try harder to keep you? Um, so really give it to them. Like, I'd two fingers, do whatever you got to do. Like, you're, you're at a new club now. Life is good. Just forget about them. Move on. Um, so on the scale of Adebayor to Coutinho, you're leaning towards Adebayor. I, I wouldn't have the legs to do the Adebayor. But, no, um, you're rather heavy. Yeah. yeah, so maybe maybe break a corner flag or something, like, you know, just something closer to home. <laughs> but, uh, right, yeah, yeah, look, I, I'm all for it. Stick it up. Em. Beautiful. Thanks for that email, Salmon. <laughs> all right, so this one uh, came in from a Nigerian prince by the name of Tom. Yeah, um, Tom. So, Tom, hello there. We came across your page on Instagram and we loved your post. Don't know if we had any at this point, Tom. Uh, maybe one. Yeah, okay, there you go. Well, uh, we should point everyone over to the to the Instagram page and yeah, we nice all played yeah. on paper and yeah. it, it is what you'd think it'd be. Yep. And Tom loved the content, so that's an endorsement. Um, so the reason we're reaching out is because we think the content would be a perfect fit for our page and would benefit greatly from what we have to offer you. Blah, blah, Ooh. blah. Tom, great email. I don't know if you saw the Instagram, but look, send over. you got the fax number or you will get the fax number. Sling us over a check, um, and then we'll start the conversation again. And I'm um, not all the best, Tom. And Tom, I just like to flag that we only accept giant novelty checks, not the regular ones. So only yeah, one big cash at the big bank. Um, Thanks, for that, Tom. Yeah, no, good on you, Tom. All right, mate. That email address one more time. Yep. So that's football played on paper at gmail.com, spelt exactly as it sounds, no spaces. Instagram. Uh, that's a Good question. It's football played on paper. It, it is. <laughs> and, and Facebook? Uh, Facebook is the same. Football played on paper. Um, and we've also got Twitter. Um, yeah, do we? We've got Twitter. And the handle is, can you edit this out because I can't remember. <laughs> you, you, you find the handle. Um, yeah. You find the handle and, and I'll pad for a minute. But, um, yeah, we're, we're new to Twitter, so I didn't know that. Admin, Our admin team has been very busy um, this week, haven't they? Yeah, because it's we've almost got- as if they had nothing on. Since we got that, um, since we got that service center in India, it's just been flourishing. Um, so the handle is—I don't know—but Matt Letizia has posted a video that I can see, which is great. Good on you, Matt. Yeah. Um, I'd imagine it's football played on paper. I would uh, think something yeah. like that. I'll bring, I'll bring it next week. I'll bring it next week. I might even. <laughs> I'll, I'll send out a tweet. Very good. All right. That's it. That's the end of our pod. Um, we will catch up with um, everyone next week and with some more transfer chat. Unless Messi signs somewhere, then we're coming to you live action, baby. But um, stay safe and talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.